0: Hey guys, welcome to another Wednesday evening. I'm Tommy. I'm Joe. And this is Tojo Live. Welcome to Tojo Live. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Tojo Live. We're glad to be back here with you again this week. Uh, we were not able to be with you last week, although I did come in for just a few minutes and um, just to just to connect with some of you and let you know what was going on. We were out of town uh, last week, had a great time.
1: Oh, we should have all said, we're back.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> it's been a while. I feel like we hey guys.
0: We do want to open up with a passage of scripture and this one comes from Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 and Paul writes rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice. You know joy is one of the one of the biggest characteristics of a follower of Jesus. In Galatians chapter 5 when it lists the fruit of the spirit Joy is the second thing listed, second only to love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Faithful. faithfulness, and self control. Did I get all nine in there? You didn't say Good it, right?
1: job. Oh, I got to sing it. Oh,
0: there's a song that goes with it.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, but joy is the second one mentioned there. And, and in this book of Philippians, what I think it's, I think it's, Six chapters is that what it is, or four chapters, something like it's not very long, it's a very short book. And there the word joy or a firm of the or a form of the word joy is mentioned in there 16 times, which is pretty significant in and of itself. But when you stop and think about the fact that that Paul was under house arrest <laughs> as he wrote this book, so he wasn't feeling. Pity on himself and he wasn't down. He's was like, Oh, why is this happening to me? He was all he could talk about was the joy that he was experiencing, even though he was under house arrest, because that was a characteristic of um Paul, because he was so committed to Jesus and to the faith that he lived out this joy. It wasn't because his his life was easy, he had been shipwrecked, there were times that he uh, he went days without eating not and i'm not talking about the times when he intentionally fasted i mean there were times that he unintentionally fasted because he just didn't have uh food around to eat he was beaten he was left for dead he was uh bitten by a poisonous snake i mean he just went through a lot of ordeal he was in uh not only in house arrest but there were times that he was in a prison and and i tell you what the, the prisons we have today, they are nothing beautiful or to brag about or anything like that. But compared to the prisons that they had in Paul's time, um, our prisons are pretty nice, to be honest with you. Uh, most of the time, they were they were uh, dirt floors. They were damp. They were dark. And um, through all that, Paul is able to talk about his joy. Not only that, but he encourages you and I. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Now, understand there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is not bad, but happiness is not as significant as joy is. Matter of fact, somebody described happiness this way, that happiness is when something good happens to you. That's happiness. It's something that comes from the outside but joy comes from within mm-hmm. it's a it's a spiritual thing it's deeper than than happiness and so <clears throat> when we have this joy it's uh, it's something much more significant it's a spiritual aspect of it i also want to do a quote and this quote comes from my favorite baseball player ever pete rose I know Pete Rose, as far as his character and maybe some of the things that he's done is not uh, the example we want to follow, but I love this quote from Pete Rose. (laughs) Pete Rose says, Willie Mays could throw better and Hank Aaron could hit more home runs, but I've got enthusiasm, I've got desire, I've got hustle, and those are God-given talents too. I love that quote because if you know anything about baseball and the history of baseball, you know that Pete Rose achieved a lot, but he was not, he didn't have an athletic build about his body. As far as natural talent, he probably didn't have the natural talent that most or all other superstar baseball players at least had. But man, he had a desire. He had an enthusiasm. He had a passion for the game, a matter of fact, he said one time, uh, and this is when he was younger, he said he would walk through hell in a gasoline suit just to get to play baseball. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how much he loved the game. And um, that's, that's that's just very inspiring to me. So uh, I thought it was a good quote to be able to share how are you this evening, my friend? Brother,
2: it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm glad you, I can't wait to hear about your trip. I know you're going to talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. But um, I love when you talk about Pete Rose. And you know, I'm kind of a baseball fanatic, probably the way you yep. guys feel about UK. I feel about <laughs> baseball. Um, and Pete Rose was one of my favorites. I think, you know, they used to call him Charlie Hustle. Yeah. And he had more hits than anyone that's ever played the game. And he never slowed down. He Would die. I think he invented the head first dive, you know. Yeah. And he was so enthusiastic that an all-star game years ago he ran into the catcher and I think hurt the catcher. I think he broke his arm or something. Yeah. He didn't do that in exhibition games, but he wasn't there to just exhibit, he was there to win. Yeah. So the last point I make, it's it's so ironic because he had he got banned from baseball, as you know, for placing uh wagers on his own team. He never bet against his team, but he bet his team to win. And you know, whatever, thirty years later, you know, now they they do betting. They have you know, they have gambling at the stadium. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this it's in the arenas. It's so hopefully some something soon is gonna happen where he ends up in the Hall of Fame because he's the all time great, you know, hit leader. And yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Enthusiasm I, I, was the key. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I still have the Cincinnati newspaper that came out the day after he broke that all-time hits record of of Ty Cobb. And of exciting. course, obviously, I was watching that game. Nice. <clears throat> He said in an interview afterwards, he said that was the first time after he hit it. Of course, everybody was out on the field. And I think they gave him a car and you know, then they took up the base. And he he was standing out there and he said it was it was the first time he ever remembered being on a baseball field and not knowing what to do.
2: (laughs) I I believe that. I believe that. That's great.
0: Oh man. So um, as usual. Let me, let me share this. Uh, this is Tojo Live, and we are here to, do, to discuss your questions about life, faith, and the church. And so if you have any questions, we would love to have you come on screen by uh, copying and pasting um, the link that Tammy will has almost got in the chat box right now. Um, and, and able to bring you on screen we've had a few people do that over the the few years that we've done this and, and it's always a good experience when we do that but most people are more comfortable putting it in the chat box and that is perfectly fine as well and as always any prayer requests that you may have uh we will uh we will pray about those as well looks like we've got mark Hendricks in here we've got Crystal lawson in here glad to have you guys with us vinnie and marianne, are on. Vinnie and marianne are on nice and um, oh uh, hello glen cove residents we just
1: went live there glen cove
0: wow. glen cove residents yep. or glen, glen cove
1: glen cove residents
0: okay we great glen welcome residents so glad to have you guys with us and um we just uh I tell you, it, it is good to be back. We had a great trip uh, as we were traveling and and stuff, but I do miss being with you guys on here on Wednesday night because it's such a such a fun time to be with you guys. What is our our score? What's our scores for our trivia?
1: Um, we have. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun.
0: Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It
1: is close. It is close. And our top two neck and neck people are both on here tonight. Woo! Woo. So we've got three people on the board with one. That's Joan, Mark, and William. Karen has two. And then we have Christine on the board with five. And Krista and Marianne tied at six.
0: Wow. All right. Trivia,
1: trivia. Are we ready for this? I don't know. Are you ready for this? Isn't that a song?
0: Here's the question. Okay. Do you oh, have it ready to no, put up?
1: I don't have it ready. All to right. Put I'll out. wait. I'll
0: wait for Tammy to get ready to put yes, it up.
1: Today, <laughs> all right. All right.
0: Hold on. All right. In the Gospels, I'll, I'll kind of do a build up to it. In the Gospels, Jesus specifically chose twelve apostles. Now, one of those apostles. Um, Judas ended up betraying Jesus and ended up because of the guilt and the shame from that experience ended up committing suicide. And so the apostles got together and they chose another person to fill that spot. And we actually had this question a few weeks ago, and the person they chose was Matthias. The question tonight is this, What is the name of the person not chosen to replace Judas Iscariot as one of the 12 apostles? They had two candidates, and they actually cast lots to to decide which one. They prayed about it and cast lots. They went with Matthias. What was the name of the person they did not choose? Do, 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 do.
1: (laughs) Get <laughs> there, there's do, seven of us on, on this, and I don't
2: know
0: how many on YouTube. Do, do, do,
2: do. <clears throat> Where is? <coughs> Hold on, let me see how many is on YouTube. I was going to say it was Donald Trump. Donald Trump? <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Woo. All right, we've got the right answer. Barsabbas. Barsabbas. He was actually known by three different names. Um, I think his given name was Joseph, but he was known as Barsabbas, and then he also was known as Justice. Marianne and Marianne Evinny said Paul. Paul was not the one chosen to replace Judas in the 12th. He did eventually become an apostle. Um, That's later on. We actually read this story with, uh, with Matthias and Barsabbas at, um, in, uh, in chapter one of Acts, I think it is. And then obviously um, Paul's conversion was in chapter nine of Acts. So at this point, Paul is still not a Christian when when Matthias is chosen to replace Judas Iscariot as the, as the 12th apostle (laughs) bar Sabbath. listen, anytime you see somebody's name in the new Testament begins with a B A R. What that literally means is the son of. Hmm. And so it means the son of Sabbath. Just like um, uh, Barnabas. Barnabas is known as the son of encouragement. Barnabas was actually a nickname. His name was also Joseph. Um, But Barnabas was a nickname because the last part of that name means encouragement. And the B-A-R means son of. So Barnabas means son of encouragement. Barnabas was such an encourager that they that's how he was known, was by his nickname. So uh, Sabbas would mean um, son of Sabbath. Now, we don't know who Sabbath was. And outside of just this instance, I don't think we really have any additional information on Barsabbas. <laughs> Neither before nor after. We don't really read a whole lot about him. Um, just that he was one of the candidates that was in line to replace Judas. So he must have been, I mean, a, a respected guy, a respected follower of Jesus, or they would not have had him in that in that situation. So,
1: All right, so I'm putting out 12 fires over here, and I did not hear you say it, somebody got that. Who got that?
0: Oh, Krista got it? it. Krista got it.
1: All right, right there. That
0: puts her as our winner. Krista is, is the winner. Woo! Winner, winner, Woo! chicken, chicken dinner. dinner. Actually, winner,
1: winner, Dunkin'
0: Donuts. Krista, All I right. do not know if you have a copy of my book, but if you do not, um, I will give you that as a prize.
1: Ooh. If you do,
0: let me know, and we'll get another prize for
1: you. That's a ticket. So,
0: but we will, uh, we will get a Prize of some kind to you for getting that one right because you you got number seven, but now that means you start over at zero again. So we got Lois Tubby on here. Hello, Tojo and Tammy. Hi, Lois. Tojo Ta. (laughs) Tojo Ta. Oh,
1: we got a prayer request from Mark.
0: I have been a little under the weather the past couple of days, Mark. We could definitely pray about that, my friend. Joe, you mind lifting Mark up in prayer?
2: Yeah, no, I'd be honored. Uh, Father God, I just want to lift up our brother Mark Hendricks. Uh, dear God, as you know, he's been under the weather the last few days, and we just pray that you would uh, instill in him, uh, you know, strength and uh, and just you know everything he needs. If if there's a uh, an illness, Father, just heal it um, and uh, allow him to, uh, again, just uh, lift his spirits and be energized. Because often when we're under the weather, it really uh, takes a lot out of us, not only physically, um, but, you know, it also emotionally as well. So I love my brother Mark and we pray for him and we pray for his health and happiness. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. All right, guys. As as some of you know, last week we were out of town, and one of the things that we got to do while we were out of town was go by the um, the Asbury Revival and and get to experience that a little bit, and it was absolutely amazing. I shared a little bit uh, with uh, with the congregation on Sunday, and and listen, it wasn't amazing because oh, wow, they had an awesome speaker. Oh, wow, man, that musician was just out of this world. I mean, I mean, they were talented, but they were not <laughs> talented to the point that they were spotlighted. They were just playing instruments and singing, and they had a, a two or three speakers that got up and spoke. And interestingly enough, one of the speakers that got up was the same one who spoke at that chapel service where it all began and he I have he
1: video. I actually have video of
0: it of him telling yep. do you have him telling that little story I don't
1: have him telling the whole story no.
0: okay I, I, let me share you with the story when he spoke what was it february the 8th february. the first one february the 8th that that wednesday morning when he spoke at that chapel service he felt like he bombed and if you've ever preached a sermon Joe you know this I know this if you if you've ever preached more than three sermons you know this sometimes you just feel like okay that was not my best sermon I, I just really didn't do a very good job uh, with that one that just happens to the best of the best and um, and the guy that preached at the uh, um, chapel service on February the 8th at Asbury immediately after he got done, he texted his wife, and he I forget the exact words. He
1: whiffed words. that one. He left left a, whiffed. Left a stinker.
0: Left a stinker. He said, I said I whiffed that when I left a stinker. He just didn't feel like he communicated well what he was trying to say. He didn't feel like he used the right words. He didn't feel like he was adequately prepared. And listen, God set a revival off from that. Listen, guys. It's not about how good we are. It's about how great God is. Amen. Okay, you could we could preach the best sermons and have the best music and, and all of that stuff and still not have a revival. And then somebody could preach a message where they felt like they, they just really did a bad job. And all of a sudden God goes, boom, I'm starting a revival right here. So... <laughs> Which is a lot of weight off of our shoulders, Joe and I and other ministers, <laughs> you know. Revival is not not our responsibility. It's like, ooh, and listen, it's not your responsibility. It's our responsibility to respond to the revival. But it's not because, oh, Tommy preached such a great sermon or Joe preached such a great sermon. This is gonna spark revival. Listen, we do our best. We both prepare hard for messages because we want to communicate as, as well as possible whenever we get up in front of you guys. And, um, and, and so we do that. But revival is not dependent on our ability or anybody else's ability to preach a good sermon or to sing a great song or to lead a great worship or to pray a great prayer or anything like that. None of that happened with this Asbury revival. And yet the ripple effects of that, I think, I think the revival that is there is actually, I don't know if they, if it came to an end with Sunday uh, services, they had a service at Rupp Arena on Sunday, it went from 2 uh, p.m. until 11 p.m. Two that afternoon until 11 that night. And I think they had a few hundred people there, which is still a lot less than what they had been having. Uh, but like everything, everything comes eventually to an end. So I think in that regard, is, is, at least in that location, it has maybe come to an end. But the ripple effects are still being felt. There, There's spiritual awakening and revival that are, that is taking place in other areas, not just in Kentucky, but in other areas and even in other nations Mm -hmm. because of what took place in Asbury. But the night that we got to be there was just a beautiful thing. Again, it wasn't an extraordinary service in the sense of, wow, that was a powerful message. Wow, none of that was powerful individually, but the experience was powerful being there. And I think Tammy...
1: It's hard to put into words.
0: It is Tammy, hard to put into words.
1: I do have... Let me put up this comment first so I can be caught up on comments. Chris has said she does have your book and then she really likes it. She doesn't need a prize. She's just happy to be here. <laughs> Bless her heart. I adore her.
0: Well, we, we applaud your, your victory. Woo! You got, you got yeah. that.
1: All right. Um, so what I'm going to do... Joe, I love you, but I'm getting ready to kick you off the screen. Only because I'm going to attempt to keep us on the screen so they can hear us because I'm not sure what they can hear on this video. So, listen, that we're, y'all know that half the time I'm just feeling my way around trying to figure out how to do this stuff. So, um, I think I've got this up, but I don't know what they're going to hear. So, we can talk over top of it if we want, and that way they can okay. we can narrate a little bit of what they're looking at, okay? All right, Joe, Don't go. Don't, don't, don't go too far. <laughs> All right, let's see. This is the guy that we, we saw that, that kicked off the entire revival. This is the guy that whipped the sermon. So um, we're not going to listen to the whole thing, but I do want to put it up so we can see. Well, it is going <laughs> to. I'm just kidding. I swear
0: it Not a religious <laughs> way. It just makes sense. But you drawing near the throne of grace confidently to receive mercy and find grace matters. I tell you the story of Wednesday the 8th, right? Cautions just wouldn't leave. What about every morning since when I was like, I really want to turn around and go home. This is so intimidating. This is pressing... Crushing,
1: humbling—the greatest honor of my life. All right, so that was that was the guy who started it all off. I got a couple of photographs. Again, this is just from me sitting in my seat on my phone. Um, As you can see here, there's people gathered up front. There were a whole line of pastors and volunteers, church volunteers trained. Um, yep. uh, actually sitting in chairs facing the crowd and then people would go down front and pray and if you, you can see down at the end of the aisle there there's a massive group praying at the foot of the, the stage and then you'll also see the, uh, the people just didn't even go down front they just Got out in the aisles. Yep. Um, I did. I don't know if it's going to show up on here, but I did get try to turn around without being like gawky. I didn't want to be gawking at people, but I did try to get a little bit of video of people that just that got on their knees. And you right. and I were there, and you saw how close those chairs were. You really had to kind of wedge yourself down in there if you were going to yep. get on your knees. It wasn't a Catholic church that has the little fold-out bench with the little pads. Right. It's a concrete <laughs> floor, y'all, and and people were squished down. On their knees there, and it was it was just remarkable. Um, all right, let me see what else I got here. All right, is this a video?
2: Oh,
1: Right, so there's and you can tell it wasn't a loud band it wasn't exceptional music it was just people worshiping god Let's see what else we got here Is this a video? there you go and I don't know what else I've got I'm not sure what I've shown and what I haven't so if I pull up something you've seen just watch it. all right in this one look at the balcony upstairs that balcony wrapped around the entire building and when they all wait to sing the echo of yeah. the the acoustics in there, as you can tell on a terrible cell phone recording was 10 times better than that. It was just amazing. Um, in fact, at the very beginning, they told him, they said, those of you who are um, who like to jump a little bit in your worship, go ahead and jump. But we ask you to respect our building because this is a hundred year old building. Come down on the bottom floor. do yeah. will be jumping. <laughs> So that was kind of interesting. Um, we had some other pictures. I don't know what else to show here because all the stuff across the bottom is getting. But you can just see it was just something else to actually be in the room and be a part of of what was going on there, especially after seeing so much of it on TV. And yeah, it it was just phenomenal <clears throat> to be a part of it.
0: It was, it was a really cool experience. And like Tammy said earlier, it's hard to, to really put into words with all of that. Uh, what is it William is saying? It all starts with with the person. Repentance and confession of sins is the key. God's grace and mercy plus the Holy Spirit outpouring the Spirit upon us is what it's all about. Second Chronicles 7.14 is also something that God wants us to do to have revival. And I think the Second uh, Chronicle seven fourteen he he brought that up. I think it was last. It would have been two weeks ago. Um, that's the one. If if my people will
2: humble themselves,
0: yeah, humble themselves. yeah. Um, I, I can't think of face. the whole the whole
2: verse, but was it humble themselves and confess their sins or and seek
1: my face? If I, if my people call by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, then I will heal
2: their land. Yeah, think, uh, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, and heal their nation. I think forgive their sins. Yeah, heal their
0: nation. Forgive their sins and heal their land. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and William, you're right. And a matter of fact, something that hasn't been talked about a whole lot with this Asbury revival, but I did hear about it a couple of times, is that after the the chapel service was was over, some of the students hung around, and actually one of the students did get up and just start kind of pouring out his heart of some struggles that he was dealing with. And and some of them were sin struggles that he was dealing with. And listen, when we are willing to be vulnerable, and that's a very scary place to go for all of us. I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying that when we are willing to be vulnerable, God can do amazing things through us. And we don't even know what we don't even know what this student's name is. The one that that got up and and started you know confessing his struggles. We don't know his name or or even what he said, and which is good because he I, I'm sure he wasn't confessing confessing them to the world, nor did he need to, but he was confessing them to those that were there at that moment, and it just it. It created an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to just run wild. And so that's that's at least part, and at least a big part, I would say, of the reason that they had revival there on Asbury's campus. So <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. How would you all define revival? Anybody got any input on that? How would you define revival?
1: Refreshing.
0: W- William says, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely oh. give. Of course, that's lyrics from a song. Yep.
1: Yep. Refreshing.
0: Refreshing.
1: That
0: means, Tammy, yeah. Tammy defines revival as refreshing. We
1: want to say hi to Sherry Keith. And Glencove Neighbors just joined us.
0: Glen Cove us. Neighbors are on here. And Sherry Keith is on here. Glad to have
1: you oh, all on Wager here with us. just joined us. Hey,
0: Aura. Aura is on here. Awesome. Leave down in the comments.
1: I'll yeah, anybody got, got any hearing.
0: comments? What? How would you define revival or how would you explain revival, I guess, whichever way you want to do it? There's Aura saying, hey.
1: And I do know, I think, I suspect. You um, do know you think. I think, I do know, I think, and suspect. I think Christine is watching us, but she's over on YouTube because she has given up social media for Lent. And so she is not on Facebook. I can't see that she's on there, but we do have extra viewers over on YouTube. So I think that's where she Uh is. So I think she's here. So
0: Christine, if you are on YouTube... Glad to have you with us, and hope your uh, hope your uh, your discipline, your spiritual discipline during the time of Lent
2: is going well. So, Tommy, I I Googled revival to to get some you know similar words, and it came back with uh, comeback, uh, restoration, mm. improvement, rally, a rallying, a betterment reestablishment. I'm like, yeah, those all yeah. work for me. Yeah. Those,
0: those all fit.
2: Wow.
1: A comeback. I like that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here you go.
2: Then it even said bringing back, come back. And then it said bringing back. And awesome. I like, I like bringing
0: back. Oh, William says prodigal.
2: Oh. Yeah. That's a,
0: that's a good way of defining revival. Aura says awakening. That's a good, good way to describe revival as well. A comeback. Those are good words. Sherry Key says, hey, y'all, I'm I'm late. Hope I didn't miss too much of tonight's conversation.
1: You miss everything. Every second of our conversation is so important that you have to go back and watch it because it's funny.
0: <laughs> we, we've basically been talking, for the most part, been talking about the revival. And we showed some clips where Tammy and I got to actually be there for, for a night of it.
1: Yeah, see? Important awesomeness. You go back and check it Mark out.
0: defines revival as a movement caused by the Holy Spirit. That's a good way of putting it as well. We want
1: to say hi to Karen, Karen, then I'm assuming Francesca's with her. So Karen, Karen and,
0: Francesca and Francesca are with us. Sherry says I will too. And <laughs> I think she's referring to going back and watching the, the first it, part of it. Yeah. So very cool. Very cool. Hey guys, I shared with you all a few weeks ago that somebody on my on my TikTok made a reference to God being someone who who what was it did not like children or hated children.
1: Killed babies.
0: Killed babies. Um and we addressed that a few weeks ago. Joe, I think that may have been the week you were in Florida, and we addressed that, you know. Um that situation. But another thing that he said in that comment was that God thinks women are less than man, that, that, a, that a woman is less than a man. And so we haven't really talked about that. So I would like to talk a little bit about that. And, and I want to bring up something that I, I actually looked up some, some articles and stuff on that. And, and I liked this article it's not the whole article but it's a section of it and and listen to this we see throughout scripture that god affirms the value and gifting of women throughout the old testament we see god raise up women rahab deborah ruth esther just to name a few to carry out his plan for his people In the New Testament, we see Jesus empowering and educating women just a short time before the start of the early church. The culture in which he grew up is most frequently treated women as second-class citizens. However, that is not how Jesus saw them, which was something that often shocked his disciples. His stance is clear to see throughout his ministry. If I could leave you with one last thought, it would be this. Regardless of who you are in Christ, we are one. Mm -hmm. There is no one in all of humanity who is greater or less than in God's eyes. I pray that we come together with a spirit of unity and pursuit of what is pure and noble in his eyes And then he quotes Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, and it says this. So in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, listen, the culture of that time really did degrade women. Okay. And we could even say to some extent today, our culture, in some cases, degrades women. I think we've come a long way in valuing and respecting women. But I think we still got a ways to go in that. But compared to what it was in biblical times, the culture of their time, they, they were just a step above a slave in that time. They were considered property of the husband, either property of the father until they got married, and then they became property of the husband. And it was Jesus who treated them in such a counter-cultural way that it shocked even his followers. It shocked them how well he treated women. And then we see that continue on in the church. As you read in Acts, some of the prominent roles in the early church were held by women. You realize the first people to um proclaim the resurrection of jesus was women it was women so that means the first preachers of the gospel were women okay they proclaimed the gospel the resurrection of jesus and so when we look at the culture of the bible we can see how women were degraded and seen as less than a man but that doesn't mean that that was god's perspective of women. If anything, we see how god lifted women up. And and because of that influence, they have continued to to be lifted up even in our culture today. So I I I disagree with his assessment, as you probably figured I would, that that god sees women as less than men, because he does it. We are equal in his eyes.
1: Gotta put this up there, or it's hilarious.
0: Well, you know what God said when he created Adam. I can do better th- I can do better than he made Eve. So there, ha ha. Joking, sorry, I had to lighten this up.
1: <laughs> Very funny. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, well, there you go. You may have an argument there. But uh, yeah, and, and, and I've also heard it pointed out, and I, and I love this analogy. You know, when God made Eve, he took a rib from Adam to make Eve. And they said, you notice that he, that God didn't take a bone from Adam's foot in order to symbolize that he was over her. Nor did he take a bone from Adam's head, showing that she was over him. But he took a bone from his side, showing equality, showing that they would be side by side, that they would be together, that they would be equals in this journey. And I I just, I thought that was, I thought that was a cool analogy. I can't even remember who first pointed that out to me, but it, but it's a nice analogy knowing that, you know, that we're here together, and we are one, especially in Christ Jesus. We are one. There is no slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. You got any input on that?
2: No, I actually love it, brother. I think it was great. I'd never heard the analogy about, you know, having the bone taken from the rib, and I, I love this side by side, so... I'll be uh, referencing that yeah going forward for sure but I think that's that's important um, and you know one one of the things that you know t- over the last hundred years I mean there's been a remarkable change uh, but there is still a glass ceiling you know and that and I think people recognize that and I think other things have happened that have mistreated women that and you know particularly in the field of athletics when they've let you know men who um, <laughs> characterize themselves as women are able to compete in athletic games. and that's changing in some states, but yeah. I mean that's that's, a, that's been that's hurt a lot of young ladies that would have had scholarships or won awards or made the Olympics or things like that. So um, maybe that's a separate issue, but I think um, while we and I think so many people in society, realize that everyone is equal and, and gosh, when I talk about my wife, I, t- I say she's my better half because yeah. you know, she is, you know, but I, I, I think there there's, we still have a long way to go.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Uh, we have come a long way, but, but we don't, we don't want to stop now. Yeah. So, um, here's a question for you guys. Uh, one of our goals that we set um, as a leadership team was uh, to hire a part-time youth and children's minister uh, for our for our church, and um, and and we fully intend to do that. That's why we set the goal uh, to do that. So, but in connection with that, here's my question: What is your opinion of the youth today? And what is our responsibility to the youth as a church? I'll repeat that. What is your opinion of the youth today? And what is our responsibility to the youth as a church? So I just want to get your all's input on that. See what, uh, see what discussions we can get going with this. I think Tammy's going to put that question in the chat box as well. A lot of times youth get a bad rap because we always point out the bad things they're doing and, and be honest, they do bad things. Sometimes they do things that they don't think sometimes. And unfortunately as adults, we do that too. Okay. (laughs) Um, But there's also a lot of good that's being done out there by young people. You know, this, this Asbury revival was predominantly instigated by students, college students, and um, and, and it just kind of grew from there. So in a sense, they don't talk about this a lot, but it was a youth movement that kind of spread into the adults as well.
1: Well, isn't that what the movie that's out, The Jesus Revolution, is talking about? That started as a youth movement that spread into the rest of our culture, but it started with the youth.
0: Yeah, yeah, it did start with the youth. And, and a matter of fact, um, I don't know if anybody's seen that movie yet or not. I haven't seen it yet.
1: We're taking our youth group. Monday We're going
0: to take our youth Monday night if it's still showing. And a uh, matter of fact, we may even mention it in church, see if anybody else wants to go with us. Yeah, um, but it's, it's a true story uh, based on the Jesus revolution or the Jesus movement uh, that took place in the early 70s. And a lot of the people that were involved in that were simply the hippies of the 60s and and the things of the hippie movement didn't fulfill them. They were still left empty. The drugs didn't fulfill them. The rebellion didn't fulfill them. Even the great music, as great as the music was in the 60s, didn't fulfill them. And they were left seeking something more. And a lot of them found that in Jesus. And it started this whole movement called the Jesus movement or the Jesus revolution. And then that's what this, this movie is about. Matter of fact, Greg Laurie is still a minister out in California today. He's a product of that movement. That's how he came to Jesus. Matter of fact, he is, he's one of the characters in this movie. And so, um, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that and hopefully it's still showing. Um, I did hear, here's some cool news. I read that. I haven't even shared this with Tammy. They were expecting that movie to gross somewhere between six and $7 million. It's first weekend it came out on Friday, this past Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They were expecting it to gross between six and 7 million. It ended up grossing. in its opening weekend. It more than doubled what their expectations were. And so I don't think uh, it'll be going away to
1: anytime soon. soon. So you can choose to go see Cocaine Bear (laughs) or The Risen Savior.
0: (laughs) It's funny. Kelsey Grammer is actually in this movie, and he said that in an interview. Um, when he was talking about this movie because they came out the same weekend, I think, and he said you could go see Cocaine Bear or you can see a movie about the risen savior. So take your pick. <laughs> oh, William William says he has seen it. Yes. Um,
1: he, they uh, are
0: hungry for the word, and it's our oh, this is about the youth. Yeah, yeah. let me. We've gotten a couple here about yeah, the youth. Let's
1: go back up here
0: to Aura's. Hers is first. Aura says to raise them and stop pointing your finger at them. You know, Or that's right. Uh, uh, a lot of times we 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 do. We point the finger at youth and we say, oh, the youth today. Uh, but listen, when we were that age, did the same thing they me. were saying the same thing to us. They were pointing at us going, oh, the youth today. I, they've probably done that in every generation since Adam and Eve. You know, I can imagine Adam and Eve sitting around one day going, the, the youth today. As if they had a yesterday to compare them to. Um, but but we we do that. We, we look at the youth. We go to the youth today because they don't think exactly like us. But you know what? That's good. Because if they think exactly like us, then that means they've become stagnant. We want them to go beyond what we've done. And we may look at it sometimes and go, this doesn't make sense to me. This freaks me out. This scares me. I'm not sure you should be doing this. And obviously we need to give guidance as adults. We have our our responsibility is to give guidance to the young people today, but we don't want to give guidance in a way that stifles and hinders and restricts them. We want to give them guidance in a way that empowers them to do what, what God has called them to do. Now, listen, do they do bad things? Sometimes? Yes, but so do we, (laughs) so do we, I mean, the, the, Kids could very easily look at us and go, "Adults these days," you know, right?
1: We did that to our adults.
0: Yeah, day, we so did. So, um, you know, let's uh, let's work with them and maybe correct things where we feel like they are doing things that maybe aren't godly or anything like that. But at the same time, let's encourage them to to step out of the box that we've created. You realize that that box changes with every generation. That box we talk about because we because we expand it we expanded the box from the generation before us and so that box is bigger now and so in order for them to step out of the box they've got to they've got to stretch it they've got and when they step out of the box eventually they create a new box and so their kids will be looking at it and going okay how can how can i step out of this box kind of thing so good point Aura, I appreciate you saying that. What is it William says here? They are hungry for the word, and it is our job to lead them and to teach them to be followers of Christ. Uh, William, I I agree with you 100%. I believe that the young people today, especially since COVID, and, and to be honest with you, I don't think it's just the young people. I think it's everybody. It might be a little more intense in the young people but they're looking for something with a little more intensity than what they were looking for before. And it may not necessarily, they may not necessarily be going, Oh, I I can find this in the Bible, but it's our job to say, Hey, maybe what you're looking for is what I've read about in the Bible because they're looking for something more. There there's oftentimes when something bad goes on in the world, It can create a spiritual awakening, a revival, if you will. And maybe, just maybe, that's what we're seeing happening with this thing in Asbury and and as it spreads. So I I agree with you, William. I believe they're hungry. William says he's seen it. Um, He said it was third in the box office. Uh, did it come ahead of Cocaine Bear or behind? I think I, it was I just behind. Wondering. I
2: think uh, Cocaine Bear.
0: The like Cocaine the Bear went out? I
2: think Oh, so. man, we got some work to do. I don't know. Well, you know what, what's interesting about when they do that? It's the number of theaters that it's playing in, too. So one of these- That's true. Become, you know, I mean, Jesus Revolution wasn't playing at every moving theater. And if it was, it might have been playing one or two times a day, three or four times. Yeah. A day. Whereas, you know, Avatar is on eight screens and, you know, whatever. Um, so the fact yeah. that it did almost triple or double or triple what they expected. Yeah. yeah. I think That's I amazing. think what happened in Asbury had an effect on that as well, and it's gonna continue to.
0: Yeah, I
1: think it was all God's timing.
0: Uh-huh. William says it will make you laugh and cry. Take some Kleenex with you.
1: Oh
0: I have heard that the, the movie was very well done and that the acting is incredible. And and sometimes with Christian movies because they're sometimes they're lower budget and they can't afford. Although they're getting better with that, they've had some success with some movies and they've they've gained some some uh, financial success in that. And so they're able to do a little better quality. They get better equipment, better actors, and stuff like that. Um, but I've heard that the acting in this movie is is just incredible. Yeah, that they got a good, very good cast. And I think one of the guys in the movie, I think is is the one that plays Jesus in The Chosen.
1: Yes, they said. And then Matthew, maybe somebody who plays Matthew. They said there was a guest appearance by a cameo by Matthew. Oh, the really? Chosen. Yeah, I think it was Matthew, one of the one of the disciples. But I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God does impossible math, right?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: is she referring to the to the? Um, the box office, or the box office,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's awesome. And, and like Joe said, you know, the distribution because they don't have as big of a distribution budget. That's right, as as most other movies.
1: Listen, but you know what? This is the first year ever that we've seen Christian commercials during the Super Bowl show. You know why? Because Hobby Lobby got together their funds and put together a campaign to raise enough money to put the Jesus Gets Us commercials out there. Yeah. That is awesome that those people that they're doing stuff like that between those commercials, the Asbury revival, the movie coming out at just this exact time. It's like this per look, I'm getting cold chills just talking about it. It's like this perfect storm that yeah. is that is brewing and yes. it's it is exciting. It's I- exciting. And I will tell you, we had more new people show up at our church services this Sunday than we have in, in a couple months. That is true. We've had new people coming in. We've had returning people that haven't been there in a while. We we were really, we had a good sized group at our, in our building Sunday morning. Yep. yep. And then the lady that asked to come and just pray asked to open the building. Yep. So that was kind of awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's some amazing things going on. And, you know, I'm just... I'm glad it's it's this time. I'm glad I'm in in this. Greg Laurie, I heard an interview with him the other day. He actually wrote the book, The Jesus Revolution, which is what the movie is based on. And um he said that he sees a lot of similarities between our time now and the times that we were going through in the late 60s and early 70s when the Jesus Revolution Took place. There a was a social
1: unrest.
0: A lot of social unrest. There was a a loss of of faith in in government and governing <laughs> officials. Um, there there were riots going on. There was a lot of racial tension uh, taking place. And you know, a lot of that in the in the eighties and the nineties, and and even in the in the early two thousands that was kind of hush, hush. You, you didn't, I mean, there were some, but it wasn't a major thing like it was in the, in the sixties and early seventies. But since COVID it's kind of reemerged, there's a lot of racial tension. There's been riots. There's a, a, a loss of faith and respect in our, in our government and governing officials and, and stuff like that. And so, I would agree with him. There are a lot of similarities, even though um, he would be able to to say that better than I could because I was born in 72. So I don't have firsthand experience with that time, but I have read a lot about it. The Jesus movement has always fascinated me. Even as a teenager in high school, I was reading articles and and books on, on the Jesus movement of the early seventies. It just kind of fascinated
2: me. So well, Tommy, I was I was born during that time, and what you, what you said is absolutely true. There were racial tensions. I mean, Vietnam War, people were against war, and there were riots all over. There wasn't trust in in government. I mean, even even locally, there were riots at Glen Cove High School, and wow. they had segregated lunchrooms where there were two lunchrooms, you know, one for blacks and ones for whites, and it was horrible. And even when I went to high school there. It wasn't segregated, but they had two lunchrooms and you're like, why? Why are there two lunchrooms? And you didn't realize it. It, When I went to high school, the racial tensions were over. But as a child, I knew it went on. My older sister went there. But um, it's an important parallel. It really is. And that's what makes, as Tammy said, the revival, this whole thing, such a blessing. Because in a time when our country has seemed to have gotten further and further away from God, you know, and become more secular. And, you know, the number of people that are either agnostic or atheist is probably at an all time high. You know, it's, it's such a godsend and such a blessing to see this awakening. And, uh, and and the prayer is that it continues to spread not only um, in our country, but around the world. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We want to say hi to Chris Lane. Oh, is Chris Lane yeah, on here? Lane. Just as
0: we're getting ready to go off. Uh, Chris, <laughs> glad to have you on here, man. Um, we usually – we well, we usually – we always start at 6 um, Eastern Standard Time, which would be – are they two hours behind us or wow. one? One.
1: They're after where it gets cold. Yeah. And darker.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so um, – What is William saying Ichthus September sixteenth, not that twelfth? Are they reviving Ichthus? Ichthus is a Christian festival they used to have
1: I don't know what is that
0: at Asbury every year. We actually lived there in the same county, uh dear so we got to go to some of those. It was pretty nice. cool. So, hey, guys, we are about out of time. We got less than a minute. Joe, you got any closing remarks? Just
2: really enjoyed this uh, this episode. I mean, I enjoy every episode, but I think yeah. it was great. Thanks, everyone, for joining and hope to see you guys on Sunday, either in the building or, or online with us. Love you guys.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Guys, love having you all on here. Thank you for your input. And uh, remember, just feed this revival. Just have your heart and your soul open to what God is wanting to do in you and through you. You never know how this is going to start. And you don't have to be the best speaker. You don't have to have all the right words or anything like that. You just got to be open to what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in you and through you. And so that's what I encourage you to do. As Joe said, we do invite you to our our church on Sunday, whether it's in the building or online. Uh, We are uh, continuing our series of the power the awesome power of vision. All right, we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be looking specifically at Jesus's vision for our church. Mm. All right? We love you guys. Have a great rest of the week.
1: Thank you for joining